It's Friday night. It's your host, Larry Eluciato Crane. And it's Logic and Larry. Welcome to all the listeners nationwide, worldwide, from across the pond, from across the country. We are going to discuss the latest news of the day, the politics of the day. And I know so many of you love to hear the show live and you love the interactions and you love the back and forth. And we will get back to live shows. That's coming right on the horizon. But in the middle of this little weird on again, off again scheduling, I just wanted to drop you a line, let you know I'm still here. We're still thinking objectively. We're still pondering the news of the day and trying to get through in the best of ways. And we're happy to be with you for another installment of the Logic and Larry podcast. Now, everything I say on this show is strictly my opinion as a private citizen. Nothing I say on this show in any way reflects the views or the position of any other person, of any entity, of any organization. I'm speaking to you not in any official capacity. I'm not speaking to you as a professional in any way. I'm speaking to you as a private citizen, expressing my private opinions for entertainment purposes. But, you know, we keep it real. On this beautiful, beautiful Friday evening, I'm glancing out across downtown Newark as the planes taxi in and land at Newark International Liberty Airport. As the traffic flows up and down Broad Street, Court Street, Market Street, McCarter Highway, and as the lights go up on 1180 Prudential Headquarters and the newly built Shack 2 Tower as well now as Hotel Indigo once again, I'm also glancing out at the Manhattan skyline as it shimmers and shines. And this is uh, my birthday week. Yes, I turned 37 this week, Saturday the 16th to be precise, and it's a hell of a journey, and the journey continues. I'm doing my absolute best, I promise you, I'm doing my absolute best to stay healthy. I'm doing my absolute best to keep going, to keep the invigoration, to keep the energy up, to continue to try to make a difference, make things happen all around me, but it's not easy to sustain And sometimes the societal woes around me, especially the societal nonsense that goes on with misreporting the news and the inobjectivity, the fact we just can't be objective for some reason, just haunts me. It haunts me and creates such a problem. And so... I wanted to just, I had to, I had to sit and talk a little bit about the news because I'm just, I'm feeling so let down as usual. It's nothing new guys, but I'm feeling so let down by those who are supposed to do their job and report on things and keep it real. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start with the situation in Ukraine. So... As of recent, this week, Ukraine has sunk one of the most important and prominent Russian ships. One of the most important and prominent Russian warships has been sunk by Ukraine. Now, some Ukrainian officials are claiming that there might have been nuclear weapons on board. U.S. officials, NATO officials assure us, no, there were no nukes on board. 
Russia continues its offensive in the eastern regions. Again, as we talked about a few weeks ago, Russia has readjusted its uh, approach to try to say that they only care about the eastern regions. That's largely because they've been getting smoked, for lack of a better term, and I don't say that in jest. I mean, Russia has not been doing well. It has not gone as planned, but that doesn't mean that Ukraine is not suffering massive casualties because they are. And it's very sad. It's not good. Ukraine continues to hunker down. Ukraine continues to fight. The, the war looks like it might end with Russia annexing eastern regions. But Ukraine's not willing to give that up yet. Ukraine's not willing to concede that at all. So we're not even there yet, folks. So stay tuned. But it's interesting how the news cycle goes by and you still see the Ukrainian flags. And you still, if you ask somebody on the street what they think about Ukraine, they're still going to say they support them. They're still going to say that Russia's a real problem. But the news cycle has, in a way, passed it by, and so we're not talking about it as prominently. I wanted to prominently feature it, just to let everybody know we're still thinking about it. It's still the frontier of Western society against tyranny and autocracy. It's still raging on. Now, Russia is now threatening that the United States needs to stop shipping weapons to Ukraine, or we could have consequences we don't expect. Hopefully that doesn't mean direct confrontation. Hopefully that doesn't mean nuclear war. But Putin, man, Putin is seeming like a desperate individual at this point. The war is not going how he wants. I still predict it ends the way I said with a further annexation in the east and eventually a ceasefire. I don't think it'll escalate beyond that. I don't think it'll become World War III, but you know, we never know. We don't think so, though. But Russia is trying to seize Mariupol still. It's increasing attacks in some of these other strategic cities. Nonetheless, Ukraine hunkers down and sinking one of their most prominent warships. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a real big deal to do that. So, Ukraine is really showing, you know, that they can out battle the Russians. I don't know if it's because Russia's ill-prepared. I mean, but the way that this looks for Russia is not good, right? It's not showing the rest of the world that Russia is very well equipped to maintain these territories and to continue to annex territory and continue to look strong. It looks pretty bad for them. But as this conflict rages on, gas prices in the United States continue to surge. We have released oil from our strategic oil reserves. Nonetheless, gas remains very high. Inflation is still a problem. Those of us out here, even if we've gotten raises, even if we're making decent money, all of a sudden we realize our buying power is not what it once was. I know in people, you know, you got two sides to this, right? Don't you? You got people who want to overhype it. They want to talk about it nonstop because they want to say it's, you know, against Biden or the Democrats or whoever's currently running the country. Then you got the other side, who's not downplaying it per se, but I have seen people try to downplay it, say it's all it's headline-driven, it's not real. But guys, when gas is that expensive and fuel is used in so much of our commerce, then inflation is going to occur, right? And we still have... And, and, and to pretend that the flood of money during the stimulus packages had nothing to do with it is, is a lie, right? It's not the whole reason. There's the supply chain issues. There's the reinvestments that we talked about when Neil was on the show recently, or not that recently anymore, but in the fall, about the causes of inflation. It's the Fed maybe acting a little too slowly to increase uh, interest rates. 
it's a lot of things. It's like most things in this world, it's a confluence of factors. Like most things in this world, it's a complexity, nuanced, complex thing, okay? And there's no easy solution, there's no easy answer, but there's no doubt at the same time that the conflict between Ukraine and Russia is feeding into it as well because of the energy shortage. The harder our embargoes are on Russia, the less exports Russia's sending to Western Europe here and everywhere else, the more the demand for uh, OPEC nations and us to produce it, uh, the, the higher the price. And it's putting a strain on everybody. It's an interesting time where we have uh, labor shortages and everybody had money in their pocket, but now the money's worth less. So we find ourselves in another one of these interesting, terrible valleys, right? And I'm starting to wonder as a millennial individual on my birth week, as probably I should reflect on some things, I'm starting to wonder, is this unique to my generation, these peaks and valleys, these continued struggles, or is this just a part of being a human being and it has every human life and every generation of human life experienced the same endless trials, tribulations, and issues. I mean, I don't know, right? You had the great generation, they fought in the World War, which was devastating for a lot of them, but then they came out of it in very prosperous times, but only to see it collapse again in the 60s with the whole societal upheavals. Uh, so, uh, who really knows, right? And you could argue collapse or you could argue progress, right? Who knows, right? But then certainly we had our share of issues uh, in the late 20th century with crime increases and the, this problems in the city and, and all kinds of other issues. Um, so it's, it's, it's intriguing, right? And I reflect on that fact and I also wonder, should we just be thankful regardless as individuals, especially living in this country in these times where we have so many luxuries and we have so much to be thankful for and we have so many things at our disposal that we live in relative comfort, all of us. Rich, poor, everybody in this country lives in relative comfort, not, not to, to downplay people's plight, but we live in relative comfort compared to most of human history and many other places in time and country throughout human history, right? People have it much worse than we do. Should we just be content? Well, I can't be content, but sometimes I think I should and I wish I was. I'll put it that way. In the news more locally, there was yet another mass shooting in New York, this time in Brooklyn, New York. A mass shooting on the subway. Several individuals were struck by bullets. But all, fortunately, for once, all are expected to survive. All are expected to survive. But we had yet another terrifying instance of a madman shooting up random individuals and random strangers. It's terrifying, and it never seems to stop. It's almost like the news cycle was able to get off it in a matter of days. Once he was caught, they wanted to stop talking about it. I don't hear much talk about it at all. And I find it interesting, because it's almost as if we've, unfortunately, begun to accept 
this as a part of our society and a part of life, and that should never be the case. That should never happen. Now, Frank James, Frank James, I think, is an interesting case, right? Because why? Because he's the same profile as every other, or at least virtually every other shooter we've seen in the last few decades. He's a male who exists in relative solitude, who drifts, who does not have a place in society, who has become unglued from community. And when I say that, I mean everybody has a role in society in some way, right? That's how we survive. Myself, right? I don't have a wife and kids. I don't have prospects of that. I don't have large investments that I run or large companies that I go to war with every day. But I, despite sitting here broadcasting to you in solitude, alone in a high-rise skyscraper looking out over a magnificent city, but still alone, despite that existence, I have roles that glue me to the society around me. I feel I have a place. Many people salvage life by having that place. What we see with these mass shooters is they don't have that place. Whether they are 16, 17, whether they are in their 50s or 60s, the theme is consistent. The theme is consistent with these mass shooters. It doesn't matter their, ge their race. Gender, I think, does matter. I think it's men, mostly. It doesn't matter what veil, and I've been preaching this since the show started. I've been preaching this since these shootings started to occur even before the podcast. I will continue to preach this. The fact that whatever rationale these individuals apply to their violent acts once they've made up their mind to shoot is irrelevant, right? The profile's the same. It doesn't matter what cause, quote unquote, cause, they choose to say, they choose to utilize as the basis once it's done. It doesn't matter. They just, everybody who's unglued, who's not, doesn't have a place. And by the way, they all have mental problems, mental illness. They all have a history of mental illness. Many of them have prior interactions with the law, not necessarily because of ultra-violent murderous acts like this individual, Frank James, but petty stuff because usually it's related to their mental illness. And then they get access to guns. Now, it's been reported that Frank James obtained his gun somewhere in the Midwest years ago. Again, there's an easy access to guns in many states in this country. Because of easy access to guns in certain states, they find their way to states with more stringent laws. There's too many out in society, and there's also too many people with severe mental illness going unchecked in society, just floating around amongst us. And so we come across these individuals, and you'd think we might be alerted to some of them, because every time they come out, they seem to have 
a digital trail left in their midst. They seem to have YouTube videos or Facebook posts or some kind of other social media diary that documents the fact that they're unstable, mentally ill, hateful, ready to engage in some violent random act. Yet we don't catch them most times. Or perhaps we do, but not enough to prevent massive shootings from happening every so often. But what's most troubling to me is that when they occur, some political hack, be it a media person, be it a politician, be it somebody on their couch tweeting or on Facebook, they will try to make the situation into something it's not, which always diverts our attention from the core problem. Mentally ill, isolated men with easy access to guns. Going unchecked in our society. And I find it interesting. So, so Frank James... There are reports out there that discuss what was found on his YouTube content. He was spouting a lot of racist things. Now, CNN will say racist, but they won't specify it in most of their reporting. Other outlets were able to specify it. That Frank James was talking about the fact that blacks and whites should not be integrated. He expressed that he was disappointed in the Supreme Court nominee, Kentaji Brown Jackson, because she was married to a white man and that bothered him. That blacks and whites should not interact with each other. Now this is, a lot of these ideologies are, are themes that you see arising more and more as social media and algorithms and the echo chambers we exist in continue to divide us you see more of this radicalism where you know segregation is almost to be prized by some radical people but he certainly expressed hate towards latino people white people jewish people some towards black people but when i the quotes i read were more critical not hateful per se there but hate towards latino people hate towards jewish people hate towards white people but no one's really talking about that. Now, do I think his shooting was motivated by racism or that his predominant driving factor was racism? No, I don't. I think he's a raving, raging, mentally unstable man, just like everybody else. But the difference is, in his case, they're not making it out to be about racism because it's not. But I assure you, that if he had been somebody of Middle Eastern descent or had he been of the Islamic faith, I assure you they would have extrapolated upon any kind of rants like that and claimed that this was terrorism. This was Islamic radicalism, right? And individuals on the conservative right who are anti-immigrant and who have their own bigoted agenda would have said well this is an example of islamic you know militant you know radical islam this is an example of terrorism and they would start saying that biden's not tough enough on terrorists and we have to worry about that again or whatever i assure you of that and i assure you that if this was a white man 
espousing racist things on his YouTube and then had shot people like this, then they would be saying it was white supremacy and racism and white males being evil that perpetrated this violence. Just like when the young man unfortunately murdered all those people at the massage parlors, not all of whom were Asian, it was ranting and raving about the sex trade, but they tried to make it about racism and hate. And it was a whole campaign, but every time they do it, they're not doing it with Frank James, but they do it with every other one that fits a certain narrative because it fits their agenda, right? And if it was an immigrant, if it was an immigrant who did it, then the Trumpies would be coming out and saying we need to build a wall and liberals are too lax at the border, right? Everybody wants to pick apart these tragedies for their own political agenda. Yet none of them are being objective. None of them seem to want to fix the actual problem and tackle it. There was once a report I read that said that the mass incarceration problem in this country, that the, the rapid increase in incarceration over the last three or so decades, it seems like a massive increase in the prison population, but if you go back to the mid-20th century and you look at the numbers of the incarcerated in prison alongside the numbers of those institutionalized in mental health institutions, that the number is almost the same as a percentage. So perhaps... It isn't that we are mass incarcerating everybody so much. Perhaps it's that we have shut down all of these mental institutions, and some of them for good reason. They were not good places. A, a lot of exposés showed us that. But perhaps the utter lack of attention that we pay to people who are in need of mental health help is leading to them being just incarcerated, thrown into the judicial system, and then discarded back out into the community with little help and little guidance and little support which is killing us literally as a society perhaps we should have federal gun laws to control the overall flow of weapons nationwide perhaps we should have more of a robust effort to tackle mental health perhaps more people should be in some sort of facility capable of dealing with them day to day, or if not all in the facility, then there should those facilities should have robust outreach efforts to maintain tabs on these people in the community and to assure that they have the support that they need to function. This would have to be a massive, robust effort to tackle this problem. But rather than galvanize behind that, and rather than get on the same page behind that, even if we disagree on other things, we'd rather nitpick and be petty and fight over nonsense and claim each shooter for our own little agenda than get real. And I'm sick and tired of it. Right now, people are chitty-chatting, yippity-yapping about Elon Musk and Twitter. That's all they care about is this Twitter war. Because Musk wants to take it over and conservatives saying, oh, these whiny libs don't want him to take it over. And he's saying, I can't wait for him to take it over so Trump could come. Who the hell cares about Twitter? Enough with Twitter. I've had it with Twitter. I use it. So what? It's not that. It's not the every news story out there is like the public doesn't like this movie. Or the public wants to cancel this or cancel that. But all they cite is Twitter. There's so many people that don't even look at Twitter. 
Twitter's in its own bubble. Elon Musk is in his own bubble thinking Twitter matters, and Trump is in his own bubble thinking Twitter matters so much, and Trumpies are in their own bubbles following him around. Enough with Twitter, but enough with social media in general. Social media is helping to fuel these problems. These algorithms, have you seen the social dilemma? If you haven't, they are programming us to be angrier and angrier and to stay more and more in our own echo chambers. And what's most disturbing about that, what's most disturbing to me about that is that people in positions of influence, people with obligations, with duties, with maybe unmandated, unspoken fiduciary duties to the world around them, to the society in which they serve, are abdicating their responsibilities and feeding into it more and more like petty, petulant children. And who am I talking about? I'm talking a lot about the media, the mainstream media. They feed this crap more than anybody else. And not just the media, but institutions that we are supposed to rely on to be consistent. And here's an example of that. Recently this week, reports came out in, from the Star-Ledger, the Newark Star-Ledger, NJ.com and its newer iteration, New Jersey Advanced Media, that at least two inmates at a women's prison in New Jersey have been impregnated by another inmate. Well, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because transgender women have been living in and residing in the woman's correctional facility in New Jersey. And the two individuals, the one who impregnated the inmate and the inmate who was impregnated, were both in there for murder, if I recall correctly, for long sentences. So now they've created an offspring. How lucky for the rest of us. But what's most intriguing about that story is that, A, you won't really read it many places. You won't see many people retweeting it. You won't see many people sharing it. You won't see CNN reporting on it at all up to this point. You won't see NBC reporting on it. The ACLU isn't making any kind of grand statements, but if you go back about a year, the ACLU filed a lawsuit in New Jersey because they said that trans female prisoners should not be subjected to be housed in male prisons, and they pushed the issue that they need to go, that inmates should be assigned based on how they identify themselves, rather than what they biologically are or how they were born. And the ACLU got behind it, and it happened in New Jersey, and look at the consequences. But you know who reported on the lawsuit when it happened? You know who was pushing for trans prisoners to be able to go where they want, CNN, NBC, all the major outlets. But you won't find them reporting on the negative impact of that of that move, will you? There is an actual bias where there's no way they didn't look at it and then say, nope, not printing. And you can't do that. You have a duty to print the news. They are sitting there saying, nope, not going to print it. Not going to give it attention. Don't want anybody to know about it. That's insidious. That's insidious stuff. That's crooked stuff. Dishonest stuff is what that is. Really dishonest. And the ACLU, again, supposed to be all about 
the rights of the accused, the, the civil liberties, civil liberties, right? So when Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted because the jury found that he was acting in self-defense and most of the evidence, mind you, pointed to him in acting in self-defense, the ACLU should have been saying this is a, vic uh, a victory for the accused in our court systems successfully being vindicated by the evidence. Instead, the ACLU released all kinds of statements about how Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was a travesty. Why? Because the ACLU leadership now, the ACLU leadership now is dishonest, is insidious, has an agenda. Everybody has an agenda now, and it's so disheartening to me. As somebody who's intellectually honest, who cares about just the truth and what's right. None of us can be vindicated. None of us can have justice if the truth is suppressed. Ever. And, and the right has done it for years, but guys, I gotta be honest. I feel like the, the left in this country right now, they feel like they're more elite than everybody. They feel like they know better than everybody else. And the problem with them is they don't like the world or the universe the way it exists. The universe is a tough place and they don't like it. They want a world where you could integrate inmates who are trans and no one will get pregnant. They want a world where you can release every prisoner and abolish prisons and crime will go down. They want a world where greed doesn't exist, where people don't take advantage of benefits. They want a world that is always equitable and always kind. It's okay to want those things. They should be honest about wanting them. They should fight as hard as they can to get them. It's a righteous cause. But what they can't do is try to tell us that that world actually exists all the time, right? They don't just want to say they believe it's the right thing. They want to also tell us it's factually accurate. Modern liberals in this country spend so much time chasing their tails They'll find all these, oh, releasing criminals doesn't make crime go up. Here's some statistic. If you take out this, you know, quantifier and you take out this grouping and you take out this, you come to a statistic that finally proves that releasing criminals doesn't increase crime. It's like common sense, everyday stuff. That's why I say the left gaslights you because they gaslight you every day. Oh, mixing prisoners of different biological sexes doesn't, isn't going to cause pregnancies or other issues. Let me explain why. Don't, don't look at the actual situation that happened. Don't look at, don't use your own brain. Let me run around my tail and say I'm so elite and academically smart and more, and more intelligent than you to prove to you that all the things you inherently know that are common sense are actually false. Because what I want to be true is actually true, right? They can't accept that sometimes, hey, I want to integrate the prison population based on gender identity. I want to release more prisoners because it seems like the better thing to do. But I understand that crime might go up. I understand that some unforeseen consequences may happen. They can't admit that. They have to say, no, 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 no. All my ideas are factually, provably better than yours and they bear out in reality. It won't cre create a rise in crime. You know what? A stimulus package now, another stimulus package, they're still trying to push this build back better. Putting, flooding the economy with more money actually won't increase inflation. They have to come up with all these stupid ideas that aren't true and we all know they're not true but they gaslight us and the mainstream media is complicit complicit in gaslighting us away from the truth because they are so pompous and audacious in their belief systems that they have to tell us we're not only wrong we don't only have a difference of opinion we're actually factually inaccurate and that's 
crazy. Now, what could they do with different gender identifying inmates? Simple, put them in their own facility. Don't put them in with men, that's inhumane, I agree. Don't put them in with biological women. Put them in their own category, in their own facility. Why did this have to happen? I don't get it. And make no mistake, I'm talking about this from the media's perspective, not politically, not in an official thing. I'm not talking about the actual decisions that were made in the public sector. I'm talking about sentiments from, you know, normal people's opinions and the media. My opinion as a regular person is, hey, why don't you just put them in their own facility? That's what I would say. Put them in their own facility. It's not that hard to do. Why do we have to try to make our good-hearted ideas become a reality when they may never be? I don't understand. But I'm sick of pretending and, and treating the left so delicately all the time. Like they have to be coddled. Like they must be respected and we have to kiss their ring every time we disagree with them. Look, 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 I agree with everything. I'm, I'm, I promise you I'm not a bad person. I promise you I'm not a bad person. But maybe this isn't really good. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Enough. Let's call them out for the, the inane ideas that they have. Let's call them out for the nonsense, especially when it fails. Because I'm getting sick and tired of placating it. It's nonsense. A lot of it is nonsense. A lot of what the modern left is going after is nonsense. And the fact that the mainstream media is picking and choosing what to report on and what to elevate and what to suppress is a miscarriage of justice. It really is. It's, it's, it's a, a lack. It's, an, it's not adhering to their duty to society. And the fact that there are educated, responsible, intelligent people at the helm of these places and they are purposely and consciously suppressing certain stories and elevating other stories and nitpicking the narratives from different stories to drive society where they'd like to go is the definition of evil to me. Because you have a responsibility and you have the wherewithal and knowledge to know how to purposefully and rightfully execute that responsibility and you are choosing, choosing to selfishly drive it the way you want, not the way it is. That is a disgrace. And I guarantee you when the next shooter comes out, if he fits one of those categories I talked about, the media outlets that want to report on those categories to get the reaction they want will do so. Unlike they did here. And I guess my, my point in coming on tonight, a lot of my point in coming on tonight, was just to discuss the ways that, that these people contort themselves to fit different narratives instead of tackling actual problems in society that we have. We can tackle some of these problems. We can put our heads together to come to better solutions. But we're choosing not to because we're choosing to bunker down in our respective echo chambers and keep pretending that our ideas are the only ones that have any reality to them. You have people sitting at home going to Trump rallies, watching Tucker Carlson and other people just honed in on CNN. They won't address or engage in actual issues or debates at all because they're completely convinced that anybody who doesn't agree with them is a bad person. Just like with the trans athlete debate. There's a debate to be had. I talked about it. There's a debate to be had. 
Should trans females compete with biological females? There's a debate to be had. It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have questions about it. They gaslight you into thinking you're a bad person for having a question. No, I want to have the discussion. And you bring facts to the table and studies to the table and common sense to the table, or you're the one who's avoiding the actual conversation. You're the one who's not righteous because you won't have a factual, objective conversation. Not me for bringing up an objective issue. And my objective issue this week with the mass shooting is that we need to talk about mental health in this country and guns. And stop trying to make it just about assault weapons, just for the liberal satiation, just about terrorism for the conservative satiation, just about immigration for the Trumpy satiation, just about white supremacy for the woke satiation. No, let's talk about the whole damn problem. Let's fix the whole problem. Let's stop pretending that our pet ideologies have any real merit universally because everybody's pet ideology has limits and everybody's pet ideology is weak in some areas. That's a fact. Shed your ideology. Get rid of it. And if you're a member of the mainstream media or somebody with responsibility... You better stop pushing your own nonsense in the face of what's, re what's real. You better start just reporting what's actually going on instead of driving the narrative yourself. It's a disgrace. And I, for one, am no longer going to allow myself to placate it or to be blinded by it. And none of you should either. So as we go into this Easter week and COVID is largely behind us, even though another contingency of the population doesn't want to let go of COVID either, not that we have to be, you know, dismissive of it or, or not take any precautions or not get vaccinated. I'm, va I'm triple vaccinated. I wear masks when I'm asked to. I won't go out if I have it, but geez, guys, there's a contingency that never wants to let go of this COVID thing. They never want to let go. Can we ever agree on science? Remember the other thing, Vic, speaking of COVID, with, with the left, remember when they tried to convince us to, like, instead of saying, look, protesting is an important part of our society, we believe that this is a real pivotal time in our history, protest should be allowed regardless of the risk of COVID, just mask up, social distance, try to do your best, but we do acknowledge that large gatherings do cause the spread of COVID. Remember when they tried to factually convince us? that COVID only spread at Trump rallies and COVID only spread at church and other gatherings and bars, but COVID did not spread. There was no evidence of any COVID spreading ever at mass protests, none. Now, part of that's explainable, right? Because it, it stands to reason that people at Trump rallies are more reckless probably, right? They're not wearing masks. They're, they're not social distancing. And I get that. There's going to be a more prevalent spread of COVID at like a Trump rally than at a protest where everybody's masked up and, and, and social distancing. But to pretend that mass gatherings in general don't spread it and try to act like not only do I just just say you believe in protests and it's worth the risk. That's fair. But don't try to convince me that it doesn't spread too. That's a prime example of what I mean. They try to make their beliefs factually accurate too. Like it's not always going to pan out factually just because you believe it. Just say you believe in protests, it's worth the risk. The Trumpies are saying they believe in Trump, it's worth the risk. The church people are saying, I like church, it's worth the risk. The people that want to go to bars are saying, I want to go to bars, it's worth the risk. The gym owners are saying, I own gyms, it's worth the risk. Now don't get me started on that guy, I'm not a fan as you know. But I'm just saying, everybody's accepting some kind of risk. Don't try to convince me it just doesn't spread at the things you like, but it spreads everywhere else. Like, stop gaslighting me. Stop it. You, you, I'm not a fool, and none of us are fools. Stop falling for it. 
Well, if there's anything I'll leave you with, though, it's this tonight. I'll leave you with this. Dig through the news, will you? Dig through the news when, it, when an important story comes out. Do yourself a favor and scroll a little more. Read a bunch of different articles from a bunch of different places. Get as much perspective as you possibly can. Because no matter what side of the aisle you're on, no matter what you believe, you've got to get a complex and well-rounded and eclectic view of what's going on and what the reports are before you can form an actual opinion, before you even can get close to the truth of the situation. If we can't get close to the truth of the situation, we can never solve any problem. And I'm sick of people's pet beliefs in that way. And look, I may be sounding redundant. I feel like every week I get up here and I do the same diatribe about the same problems that I'm seeing. But mass shootings are redundant. Media bias is redundant. Political petty strife is redundant. Social media upheavals and bickering is redundant. Societal ills in this country with mental illness and people possessing guns and murder every day across the country by gun and other means is redundant. So if you want me to stop sounding the same and repeating myself and being redundant, then the society is going to need to change and stop repeating itself. Because all I'm doing is reflecting upon and parroting what's going on around me. Not parroting, but analyzing, reflecting upon, discussing. The only way to get on a path to a better tomorrow and a better trajectory as a society is to stop falling victim to these echo chambers and this nonsense and to start getting real and being more truthful with ourselves. Be more honest with yourself. Be more intellectually honest with yourself. If something doesn't make sense, don't chase your tail around for hours trying to search and scour the internet for some data point or some story that furthers your belief. Take the 10 first articles you see, read them from different sources, hopefully, on different sides of the spectrum, and whatever the truth rings to your brain, accept it. Instead of searching and, and trying so hard and struggling to convince yourself that you were right all along, just accept what your brain tells you at first. And maybe if we all did that on a more macro scale, more collectively, we could actually get somewhere. But I'm tired of people suffering and being harmed because we refuse as a society to fix the problems. It's the same thing with gerrymandering in this country. We are getting more and more polarized. The Senate, the, the House, they can barely do anything anymore. Even the Supreme Court is becoming politicized. Kentaji Brown-Jackson, she's not one of those partisan judges. She's a very legit jurist, but some of the other ones we've appointed recently have been appointed for partisan reasons. Now, that doesn't mean they're being partisans on the bench, but they were appointed for that reason. Let's stop trying to win one zero one zero binary game. Let's just put our heads together and find solutions to our problems. They can fix gerrymandering by passing a law. It's the right thing to do. It's a good legacy to leave, but they're so petty 
wrapped up in their own petty lives and their own petty agendas and their own petty beliefs that they can't bring themselves to do something that we all agree objectively is a solution. Get rid of gerrymandering. They can't bring themselves to do it because they can't think 10 years down the road, 100 years down the road. All they can think about is the next hour and sticking it to whoever's on the other side of the aisle and winning their next election. It's a bunch of petty bums. And it's one thing if the petty bums are fighting amongst themselves in the trenches, but the, the honest elite people are in powers, of, you know, positions of power who are guiding the society. But more and more, I see so many petty self-absorbed, short-sighted individuals in positions of influence like in the mass media, and it's a disgrace. Anyway, look, despite my diatribe here, I actually am having a really nice week, very productive. Sorry that I go off on these tangents, but isn't that why you tune in? You wouldn't be listening this far, you wouldn't be listening again, if you didn't have some inkling of respect for what I'm saying. So I do it for you guys. I do it to let you know you're not alone when you're having these thoughts sometimes and they infuriate you. They infuriate me too. But nonetheless, it was a beautiful spring day today. Spring is in the air. COVID is finally mostly behind us, hopefully. Again, like I said, some people don't want to let that go either, but hey, we're getting there. Summer's on the horizon. Hopefully everybody's having a productive year so far. Hopefully we get inflation under control and people can start really uh, enjoying the money and maybe the better schedules and things they have in the workplace and hopefully things get cranking again. I really do think there are better times ahead, at least in the immediate future economically and, and things like that and, and out of the pandemic. But I hope we have an even brighter future intellectually going forward. I truly hope we have an even brighter future intellectually but we will see. That remains to be seen. We can all fight for it together, though. Keep them honest. You guys are the Logic and Larry fam. We're small, we're tight-knit, but we exist. Keep people honest in your social circles because that permeates. That mentality that we have, I've already seen it start to resonate. I've seen it start to grow. We have to start somewhere. Let's start connecting with other objective-minded people. Let's share the show with people. Let's do all these things. Let's continue to try to spread the, the message of intellectual honesty to everybody we can so that we can all join together and probably hopefully one day tackle these problems until then i hope you all enjoy your holiday there's passover today i hope you enjoy your easters i hope everybody enjoys all their holidays everybody enjoys a beautiful long weekend everybody enjoys time with their family everybody enjoys time with their friends everybody embraces the life that we have because our time on this earth is limited i hope everybody is in a good place you need anything you want to talk anything you know how to find me you know how to reach me find a way to reach me we can talk until then i'll talk to you guys very soon hopefully the next show is live but we'll see and uh stay blessed and stay on your grind everybody talk to you very soon larry k out good night